0: This is Afterbirth, the fourth and more postpartum support group brought to you by Preggers Can Be Choosers. In this podcast, we offer peer-to-peer support, not paid psychotherapy. We try to offer support and personal experiences over solutions. If you find yourself in need of more support, the Postpartum Support International, or PSI, warm line is 1-800-944-4773. You can also send a text message to 503-894-9453. English and Spanish options are available. If you'd like to join our conversation live, we meet every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Need a reminder? You can sign up for text alerts at www.preggers.rocks. Lastly, if you find this podcast helpful, please consider sponsoring this group for 99 cents a month. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family who may find it helpful, too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hola mi gente, it's Rowan here with Pregers Can Be Choosers. I am a local midwife and professional curandera in Houston, Texas and I'm one-third of Pregers Can Be Choosers. Dr. B is roaming around somewhere but won't be joining us on the call today and Mary Bratcher is um, the other third of Praggers Can Be Choosers. She's a bodyworker and midwifery apprentice also in Houston and I'm in Marfa, Texas and for those of you who are watching behind me, you can see there's a bunch of cracks in the wall. And that's because this, back, this wall backs up to an alleyway. And there's a dumpster there and the trash truck hit the wall. And this is an Adobe wall. So Dr. B came in. This is Dr. B's apartment in Marfa. And she came in and she's like, holy shit. So apparently the property owner had dropped a chair in for her that we got mailed here. And then he came in and he was like, oh my God. So those of you who can see behind me, this is an Adobe wall that's cracked those motherfuckers are thick. They're like, you know, three feet thick or two feet thick or something. So the trash shark really must have banged it, but it's really narrow back there. Like I could really get the Tahoe back there and I'm pretty good at driving big vehicles. So that's what's going on over here. Go ahead. I'm going to mute myself and introduce yourselves and say what's up. And our kind of our working topic today is being sick um, while having or having sick kids while feeling kind of drug out with your own pregnancy or sick or whatever. So that's kind of our working topic. But as usual, whatever you want to talk about, that's what we're going to talk about.
2: Hi, I'm Tiffany. Um, I am stay-at-home mom with two girls. Um, I live right outside of Baltimore, and uh, my first grader has started virtual learning, and she's loving it. It's like, it's like she's going to school, I guess. Um, it's almost like she doesn't want to get away from the computer. Like, the teachers give them lots of breaks, but she's like, wants to talk to the teacher and wants to talk to her new classmates and she wants to show off her little sister um and then willow starts next week pre-k online um and we might be getting a speech language pathologist for her which will be interesting um she has a little bit of a lisp and she stutters when she's really excited and the teacher was like She already noticed that in the few minutes that we had to speak with her. So she was glad that like I was on board with that. So that's going to be an interesting uh, journey with Willow. Um, Yeah, that's where we're at. Hey, I'm Caitlin. I am a stay-at-home mom and I have a six-year-old and an almost three-year-old.
3: Um, how you doing? I am Sarita. I'm a single mother of two, currently pregnant, 34 and a half weeks, I think. Oh, yeah. I, I do home health care, which is kind of challenging, but it's, it's okay.
4: Hey, I'm Bev, a uh, mom of four, and my youngest just got over being sick. She had a uh, Rosella Yeah, she had, like, a high fever for a few days, and um, I almost took her to the emergency room, Um, but then it ended up just, like, going away super quick, and then she developed a rash, and it was, like, all over her, and it was, like, super scary, but then it just started going away, and then we've had, like, three televisits in the last week, um, but we just had one a couple hours ago and they said she's definitely on the mend and she's doing a lot better so and i've definitely done the uh sick and pregnant and taking care of sick kids thing multiple times and it sucks ass
1: Okay, well, let's start there then. I remember when my kids were little, I had, one of my kids went to boarding school at Texas School for the Deaf, and I had like five kids, and I, and one time Carolyn, when I first met Carolyn, and Carolyn got sick, and then like, I felt like I was getting all the kids organized, and I got everybody situated, and then my kid in Austin got sick, and I was like, Jesus Christ, it never ends, so that was me. All right, so hit it, Bev. Why don't you give some words of experience with the suck assness, even if it's just commiserating,
4: Yeah, so the last time that happened, um, when I was pregnant with her, um, my second oldest, she was six at the time, and I was I, very pregnant with her. I don't remember how far along I was, but we both caught some kind of a stomach bug at the same time. We were both hospitalized at the same time. We were both like in the same hospital at the same time, and I couldn't be there for her while she was sick, I was, like, up in labor and delivery, like, freaking out, because I fucking hate hospitals, and I hate being in the hospital while I'm pregnant, and so I'm, like, up there all alone, like, just sick, and then my daughter is downstairs with my mom, just sick, and it just, yeah, no words of advice, just, like, it just sucks, and, um, what do you want? Yeah, I don't know. Just
1: it sucks. It hit me Tiff, what do you know about sick t- kids and you being sick and or just like not one to deal or at capacity? Um
2: I'm trying to think of like the last time that like I was really sick and had to deal with the girls. Um there is one time that I I remember specifically But thank goodness, like, it was on the weekend, so Barry was there, but I woke up and wasn't really hungry, and then I just started, like, throwing up, and I was out of it for, like, the entire day. Went right back to bed, like, didn't even say anything to Barry. I was just, like, went back to bed. He came to check on me and was like, what's going on? Are you okay? And I'm like, I just throw up, like, three times. Like, you have to take care of the girls, and that the rest of the day is like a hazy fog. Like, I remember the girls coming in, like, What's wrong? Are you okay? And just like mumbling to them. Um, I actually had a televisit a couple days ago for a rash I have on my arm, which the doctor said he thinks it's like uh herpes simplex which I usually get on my mouth but now it's showing up on other parts of my body so he gave me a prescription and he also prescribed me something that for the for the itching because it's been like itching like crazy and like other parts of my body itching and um, I noticed that the medication is also used for high anxiety as well as putting you to sleep before a surgery So, I took one of these pills yesterday afternoon when I got the medication at like three o'clock. By four o'clock, I was on the couch napping for two hours. And Barry's like trying to wake me up. Like, we're going out to eat for dinner. Like, we're just going to go and get sonic. And like the rest of the night, I was sleepy and groggy and, um, I told him I was like, the itching is not that bad that <laughs> I need to take this ever again. <laughs> um, I think it was hydroxycloqueen or something like hydroxycly, something like that. And yeah, don't need to mess with that ever again.
1: Hey Mama D, we're talking about when uh your kids are sick and you're either pregnant or sick yourself and like at capacity this is what's going on with sarita at her house and she's a single mom so that's kind of we're just like share ex- sharing experience strength and hope or anything else that you've got going on that you want to share about you want to introduce yourself real quick please
5: yeah sure hey i'm adela uh mother of four the newest one is three months and then a one-year-old a um three-year-old and a five-year-old um Yes, it sucks when you're sick and you have to take care of babies. Especially if you're a breastfeeding mom because I mean you, there's like there's like no real option period anyways because you're just constantly having to take care of another one. Um anyway, sorry guys, I have to just go on pause because my 5-year-old's having a meltdown.
3: Well, currently um I'm still going through the motions of everything. Um last week, I want to say um like Tuesday or Wednesday both of my kids got sick at the same time literally they both they both started coughing started sneezing my daughter she's four and she's like at that dramatic stage so she's like she's coughing and throwing up and laying down in the middle of the bathroom like one of the drunk like I don't know if y'all ever been so drunk that you just lay down on the floor and just hug the toilet and you're just, yeah, she was laying down like that. Mind you, she's four and all she's doing is coughing, so she's just being extra dramatic. Meanwhile, we have mama's boy right here, just mama, mama, mama. And I'm like, oh my God, both of y'all are coughing and crying and congested and just want to be up under me at the same time getting that at each other because one wants to hold me and then the other wants to hold me at the same time it's overwhelming and then me I'm like going through the through the some contractions a little bit and the pelvic pain and the heartburn and all of that and I'm just overwhelmed can't even sleep I I didn't get much sleep for the past few days because they were up coughing and throwing up and uh, I'm just glad neither one of them had fevers or anything because that would have really been something but they both literally it was just the cough I think it was because we got caught in the rain a couple times coming home and with the weather change out here in Houston the kids get sick quick
1: I think that's the name of this uh, this episode it's overwhelming so Let's, uh, anything else that's overwhelming as far as in your minds right now or what's going on or past pregnancies, postpartum, this will just be our thread. It's overwhelming.
4: Um, So I know I mentioned, I think last time that I was also a single mom when I was pregnant with number three. I've spent most of my parent parenting as a single mom. And so I just feel for you right now. And if you are comfortable with it, I would totally like make you some food and bring it over or just send some Uber Eats your way. So please let me know if you like need anything.
3: Oh, that's thoughtful. Thank you. Um I've been managing uh this getting better right now. They're they're just in the recovery stage. So this week is hopefully it'll go by easier. Um It's just uh, the lack of sleep. I'm tired, I'm just so tired. And I think it's because, you know, towards the ending of pregnancy, that's all you can be is tired. So it's, I just can't wait until my mother get out here. My mother, she stays away in Virginia. So, you know, usually when people are pregnant, we have our moms and, you know, Grandmothers or you know family, but my mother is way out of state and won't come until close till um you know getting ready to have autumn. So I'm just taking it day by day, napping when I can nap.
1: I want to throw out that that would be a good thing for us as a community to do if you're um open to receiving that, Sarita, in your postpartum time where we you know get some. Food together for you and send it over and stuff. That's a good way that we could love you and support you.
3: That'll be awesome. I would greatly appreciate that.
4: That's something that personally for me has like helped me so much in times of need is just people dropping off food. Like it's so, you know, to not have to worry about cooking dinner for a night, whether it be postpartum or, you know, what whenever that's just such a helpful thing to do so yeah or
5: even like DoorDash like if you don't have the time to drive to someone's house or make a meal like sending them like sent me like I remember this postpartum I had like two past clients which were was really sweet um send me gift cards for like DoorDash and like Grubhub or whatever and so then I could just go on and like buy whatever I want use that card and then get it you know Um, driven delivered to me which was really awesome
1: let's go back to when your mom's not with you and you don't have people because caitlin i know that your mom couldn't be with you with your second pregnancy right so um do you want to talk about that a little bit or do you feel comfortable sharing yeah um so my mom passed
6: before i got pregnant with my second she passed when my oldest was seven months old um so, like I have my mother-in-law and she's a wonderful woman, like she's really a special person and I get, I got really lucky with who I got, um, and a mother-in-law, but it's just, it's not the same. Like I can't call my mom and then after my mom passed, I lost my grandma, uh, six months after her. So I, I had like no, I have no maternal influence other than my mother-in-law at this point. Um as far as like immediate family, I guess, or um, biological family, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, so it is, it's really hard because you don't know who to ask for help or what kind of help to ask for because you're, you're just in the thick of it and you don't know what you need. And normally your mom just knows what you need, right? Um, with my first, my mom just, she came down we had the baby, she like anticipated my needs before I knew I needed them, and so that 's something that 's really hard to miss when you 're pregnant or postpartum or anything um, like she knew oh she 's probably going to need to eat she 's nursed that baby four times. she needs a turkey sandwich <laughs> like, and she wouldn 't even ask she would just go make it and bring it to me and wasn 't offended if I ate it or didn 't eat it it wasn 't a thing so Um, I I just I feel that really hard on like needing your mom for all the things that mom is moms do because it's not just like she's there to watch the kids that's not all it is right it's it's that once you're a mom you are a mom forever and it doesn't matter how old your kids get like you just you're their mom and you anticipate the needs of your kids and your grandkids and all of it So I guess if you can find people to, to do things for you and know to ask for help and that it's okay to ask for help from people that aren't your mom, because uh, you know, it's, if it's what you have to do, because that's, she can't be here right now. It's okay to ask for that, that same, that similar help.
2: I also do not have my mom. She passed, um, when I was a teenager. So, uh, even when I was pregnant and when I found out that I was pregnant is really when the lack of mother kind of hit me again, that like, I, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this pregnancy and this birth and have a child without my mom? Um, And I think that uh, what Caitlin said that like, if you need the help to ask for it, because I had such a hard time asking for help. Um, And it is hard to not have that other maternal side person um, there for you. So even if it is a friend or anybody, whoever can be there with you, for you, even right now, because you said, you know, your mom is still around, but she's in a different state. Um, You know, just that she's even able to come after the baby's born is is really good, because that's the time that you're going to probably need her most. And um, Mm -hmm. Rowan asked if it contributed to my PPD. Absolutely. I feel that because she wasn't there and I didn't know what to do. And I didn't know that I should be asking for help because I thought I was supposed to do it all myself, on my own, you know? Um, and it even got hard for me to ask for help from my husband who is, you know, we're a team when it comes to that. So um, I feel you there.
1: Hey y'all, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get right back to it. Getting back to our real talk after birth style.
3: Yeah, asking for help is really hard especially when you don't ask for help on a day-to-day basis. Like I've never been one to ever just ask for help, not even with my mom like I never really just asked her for anything. I'm you know, it's three of us. It's me. I'm the oldest and I have a sister. She's 20. She'll be 22. And I have a brother. He's eight. No, he's 19. So I've always been the helper. So it's like, it's hard for me to ask for the help because I'm always the one helping people. So I know the struggle of like, you know, not being able to like feeling like you're not Able to ask nobody because it's like, you know, it's unexpected. So
6: if you look on like Instagram or Pinterest or things like that, you're going to come across, um, you can come across like ways to help around the house that you're going to need help with each day or something. Um, And that was really helpful with my second baby. I didn't do it with my first, but the second baby. So if people came over, I'd already have like a list of things. That would be really helpful if they could do. Just could you switch the laundry from the washer to the dryer? Could you, you know, it wasn't like huge things. Could you do the dishes? Could you, you know, clean a toilet, um, vacuum these vacuums, anything, you know, like little tiny things. Um, and I don't know; those those things went the furthest for me. Were little tiny bits of help around the house so that I didn't feel like I was automatically going to have to overdo it in my postpartum healing, because I'm like, the house is a mess, I've got to get these things done, I've got to do those things. So that was really helpful for me. Um, And an easy way to ask for help, because then it wasn't, I'm asking someone something specific, I have a list that they can choose from, and go, hey, if you have time,
2: these things would help. Rowan asked, like, why is asking for help such a bitch why is it so hard um for me i lost both my parents before i was 18 so i had to do a lot of that early growing up by myself i had to figure out stuff out on my own and it just came as second nature like you're gonna have to do this by yourself so i still have some like anxieties about doing things on my own because it's so unknown or You know, I haven't done them before. It gets to be a little bit scary. But then when I do it, it's not such a big deal. Um, And then, like, asking for that help is like, well, I've done all of these things on my own for so long. I didn't know that I should ask for help, or I didn't know I was going to need help with this. And then it becomes almost like, you know, you're becoming vulnerable to ask for that help. Because it's like you you are not capable or you're not educated or you don't know. So then it becomes like a thing, at least for me, that like, you know, you just have to open yourself up a little bit more and allow that person into that space or whatever so that you can get the help you need. And that, oh my gosh, it took me so long to figure that out. For myself and like even that it was an issue or a problem that i was having
1: i think a piece also is like if someone doesn't like you ask for help and then it doesn't land like not being like completely wrecked that it didn't work out you know like not being oh well i asked for help this one time and they didn't show up or they didn't do it like i wanted to so from now on till the end of time everything sucks and i will never ask for help ever again you know like making it so black or white Be like oh all right well that didn't work next I do this thing called work gym, which I sound like, you know, have you met our Lord and savior ultra working, but the, there's this guy who like facilitates it. It's an online co-working group. And he says this thing about like trying 10 things. And if one of those things lands out of the 10 things you try, then it's a win. So maybe it's like for asking for help. Like it may not land every time, but when it does land, Yahoo. And when it doesn't land, who fucking cares? You're not any worse off than you were before. Cause they're not going to like pierce your heart with an arrow. If you like ask for help and it doesn't work out. Right it's just like, oh, all right, well, that didn't go, next, thank you, next, Ariana Grande, one of our best teachers ever, thank you, next, oh, (laughs) and then, you know, you can be slightly snarky, like, oh, motherfucker, you said I could call on you anytime, and here I am calling you, lip service city, but that's okay, thank you, next, right, and then you know who your people are, so I think that's a big thing, you know, making ourselves vulnerable, like, we're not going to bleed out, we're not going to whatever it's a, it's okay to be vulnerable like when I was a kid I used well I still write in a journal a lot or now it's a planner planner that's the adult version but I used to have a journal and I used to work in a group home and I remember I would write and just like sling it out and go do whatever I had to do and then when I came back people would be like how can you leave your journal out what if somebody reads it or whatever and I'm like well what what are they going to learn that I'm vulnerable that I make mistakes that I'm human like it's okay none of these are like you know Trader secrets or you know like I'm not the president or whatever so anyway it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay for stuff not to land and it doesn't make us a bad person or a whatever person Just thank you next Ariana Grande it's all right it's all right I can see Mama D smiling so maybe she's a fan of Ariana Grande too she's a fan. key action Wait,
2: what'd you say at the end there I missed it
1: Looks like Sarita's having a contraction. Yeah, <laughs> that's what
3: that was. Definitely a contraction, and it's mainly in my back. Yeah, something. Wait, are we in early labor right now?
2: Mm-mm. I, think
5: oh. I think it's Braxton Hicks. Your right Braxton now. Hicks coming? Oh, okay. I was like, oh, my God, we're in labor on the Zoom call. Like, what's happening? What's this? What is this group come to? This is
3: awesome. Oh, no, not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Definitely
1: Braxton Hicks. What did y'all do for back pain when you were pregnant?
5: Bind. Or use, like, a uh support you know thing that goes around your stomach you can like find a bunch of those on amazon um and massage and chiropractor and uh hot and cold compress especially like for me i always had um nerve pain in my back so that huge like um sciatic nerve that goes down i always get pain with that when i'm pregnant and so I know now I'm like prepared for it. And so I always sleep with like a heating pad cause heat therapy just does better for me. But um, I remember my physical therapist also said like, oh, you should also use cold because ultimately you want to reduce the swelling there. So it's not just relaxing the muscle but also reduce the swelling. So like hot and cold is good. And then um, magnesium oil is like my best friend. I spray that stuff on my back and it works like magic. Like I can sleep good in the night. My leg doesn't hurt. My back doesn't hurt. And I can get a good night's rest.
1: Where do you get the magnesium oil from?
5: Uh, The one that I use is actually from Bree. Um, She's a, I don't know if you guys know her. I forget what Bree's last name is, but she owns a fertility company, wellness company here in Houston she um so she makes a lot of her own products um, and it's called Fertile Alchemy that's her company name and so I use her magnesium oil um if you buy it from her just send her a message and say that you're pregnant because her magnesium oil also has clove in it and she'll take it out because you don't want to be putting that on you while you're pregnant
6: I did binding and chiropractic care those were the main things I did or pillowing from Rowan because
1: I learned how to pillow myself. I don't know if I've given you that video before, Sarita. Have you seen that pillowing video? Did I make you watch it on YouTube? Don't forget to like and subscribe. Okay, I'll put it in the um, notes here. And <laughs> you can you watch it. What is pillowing? <laughs> I've never heard of that. It's this thing I made up. (laughs) So I took this massage, advanced massage class or prenatal massage class, and she had this way of doing some pillows, which was good, but I fine-tuned it a little bit more, and so then I made a video of it. And so we have the Secret Society of Labor Whisperers, and so the labor whispering group made this pillowing video. I'll um, put a link in the chat here, and then also I'll put it in the show notes but it helps just kind of get your body comfortable. But I do think the magnesium oil would be a good one. And then of course, I'm always gonna wrap um, the spinning babies because I think that's the best, best thing. Mama D, do you feel like you had a posterior baby? Is that what you uh, contributes to your back pain or no? Because some of the things that you're saying are things that Sar- 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 Sarita have shared in the past.
5: Yeah, all my babies um, start out posterior. <laughs> or OP, yeah, wait, yes. Um, actually my first came out like on her right side. She didn't even come out like full um, one way or the other, but, um, and I had ridiculous back pain or labor pain with her. Um, I don't know about my second baby cause I never got my cervix checked with her. And when she came, she, she came like in four hours, she was out. And I didn't actually, I I didn't have any labor, like contraction pain. Like I could rock through those all day. It was more her pushing that kind of scared me. Um, What did you say? What did you toneig? Back pain and labor? Oh, to manage. (laughs) Sorry, okay, yeah. To manage, what did I do to manage? Um, Shower, oh, water, water. what is it called water therapy is my favorite so showers hot hot shower if you can detach it it's amazing if you're in the tub like having that cup of cup of water being poured onto your back feels good because i don't like just being in like a stagnant water like just like that it doesn't i get used to it and then it fe- i feel cold again so having like water flow in the tub feels good to me so yeah like i said like moving that water around or Pouring a cup of water on my back is what helps. And then also, my heating pad helps a lot. Um, and I have an electric heating pad that, like, you know, plugs in and then you can, like, adjust the temperature on it and put it on your back. And then it'll, um, if you fall asleep with it, it, like, turns off itself after I don't know how many minutes, but it'll turn off by itself. So it's not going on all night. So that's what I did. And I never actually use counter pressure until the very end. I don't use counter pressure until, like, kind of when I get into active labor towards like transition, because I feel like for me, that's what helps me manage the pain. If I'm using it too early, I get kind of um, maybe spoiled by it. And then I need like an extra something towards the end. So I save counter pressure for like, oh, here we go. Like I'm reaching that point of no return and I need that counter pressure now. So that's what I do for back pain, manage my back pain and labor.
6: Adila, are you also certified in the TENS unit? And I wanted to ask about the TENS unit for uh, pregnancy, postpartum, and then Bev actually asked in the group about it for period pain, Um, or at least that, that unit looks like a TENS unit to me. So I'm curious about that for pretty much all things.
5: Yeah, I'm actually certified in that through DONA. Um, and I have used, I've used the TENS unit since I was like 16 to manage back pain. Um, and so yeah, I'm talking to my friends. See, hi. Um, I never use it during labor though, because I like water therapy and you can't obviously use the TENS unit in water. Uh, and it's kind of like a pain to, like, I've tried to do it, to put it on. It's just like your body's wet and then you have to dry the area and put it on and so forth. And. Um, the TENS unit is best used in early labor through active so you like kind of start on it early um because it helps flood those gates uh to your brain kind of stopping it from I guess flooding with pain endorphins right or not not endorphins but pain and then letting your body create endorphins to deal with that manage that pain um yeah I I didn't use it during postpartum I honestly think the best, like, are you talking about using it for postpartum for, like, body aches and pains, like, after birth, or? It's oh, Caitlin?
6: So Bev had shared um, an article about, it looked like a TENS unit to me, um, about using it for period pain. So that's what I'm wondering, um, Like, like, period cramps. Uh, yeah, you
5: can definitely use it for that. So. You can use it for headaches. You can put it on your head. Use it for headaches. You can um, do all of that. I personally feel though that for cramping and like um, postpartum cramping steaming helped me the most. So doing my perineum steams. I, I swear I cut my cramps down into half um, the first day I did it and then the second and third day my cramps are like gone. So and I always cramped the worst at nights postpartum. So I would always do my steaming at night before I went to bed.
2: What is this uh, TENS thing that you're talking about? I don't know what it is.
5: They're like electro, like, the- you see them mostly um, in the US, a lot of physical therapists and chiropractors use it. And they're like little sticky pads that go on you and it's connected to a device um, that's pretty much setting like electric currents to your body. So it's like almost like a pulsing um, sensation that happens. So it's, yeah, it's, it's really like an electric current that's going through you, but it helps. Like it goes into deep tissue. Like a lot of people use it for deep tissue massage pain relief like that and so forth. But in the UK and in Australia, it's really common to see that used in the labor and delivery room. They use that for their pain relief to kind of take the edge off, kind of like nitrous oxide would, right? Just kind of taking the edge off. It doesn't completely block out the pain, but it takes takes some of it away. Um, And you're supposed to amp it up to where you can it's like just under uncomfortable like it's uncomfortable but it's yeah like what caitlin's holding up and you you can up it um you can increase it and decrease it but it should be kind of like where you're like ah, it's okay you know
6: yeah my husband just got one for his uh wrist from an old hockey injury Um, and it came with like all different sizes of like little sticky pads um for different uses all over the body um so we're starting to learn how to use this but it's been really interesting and I didn't know that like they might make one for period cramps but Bev the one that you were looking at is really expensive we found this one for like $40 to try it out right so that's just it too is like I'm trying to figure out if um like they're all essentially the same or if you know what what the differences are they kind of
5: are they're all the same um you know you probably find like different quality like ones that don't crap out on you maybe a month later it's just about learning the placement of your body where it helps benefit you naked baby in the back what's up um but uh what was i gonna say though to you i forget anyways
4: That's what I was wondering about the um the one that I posted for period cramps. I was like, is this any different than just like getting a tins unit? I don't know. Um, but my boyfriend actually got me this I don't know what it's called, but you like put it around your neck and it's basically like tins patches in, in the back. And but of course you could only have it like in one place, but it's been helping me a lot. And then um he saw an ad for the period, I guess I talk about my period hurting a lot. So, um, I don't know what this is called. I need to ask him the name. Isn't on it. I need to ask him exactly what it is. I didn't, um, he didn't like tell me how much it was. So I'm assuming he spent too much money on it. So, but I'll find out the name of it.
2: So what I'm hearing is basically
6: everyone should invest in one for like $40 because you could use it during pregnancy you can use it postpartum you can use it like for so many different things that it's maybe worth worth trying which that's what my husband and I are doing because it's starting to work for him
1: I think it's probably a good idea Sarita to try while you're pregnant or in early labor for sure so I've used them in the past tens units and I remember I'd used one a long time ago, like in the 90s, and then I used one, somebody lent me one in the early 2000s, and there's two pads on them. And so I put one pad on, and I'd forgot you had to use two pads for the current. And so I turned it up all the way up, and I was like, what's nothing's happening? And then I stuck the other pad on, and then almost killed myself. It was on my leg. Like I screamed so loud, my roommate came down from downstairs, and my leg was all cramped up and all like, you know, fucked up and like. Ooh, boy. So make sure you put both those pads on and uh, just gently walk up the strength as opposed to nothing is happening. You know, it's like, such a it was, it was like a bad comedy routine, except I was like, you know, shrieking at the end. They're trying to get it off. So anyway, two pads, gently work it up. But I think putting it on your sacrum is a good idea. So, and I think they all are kind of the same and some are like just cheap, more cheaply made than others. But so two thumbs up to that idea, Sarita.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna try that. I had one of those things, um, I wanna say, maybe like two, maybe three years ago after a car accident. Don't know where it's at though. I know it's not in my house. I, I don't know who I longed it to or what, but I do know it does work. I had really bad um, back pains after the accident. So that kind of therapy, it worked pretty good for me. But the pain I'm feeling is like, I don't I don't know if it's my spine, like, it's lower back for sure, like, way down there. And I don't know if that'll help that area because I, I don't even know what it exactly is hurting. It don't feel like it's muscles that are hurting. It's like, a, I feel a burning sensation and and pins and needles of course like I I don't even I don't even know how to pretty much describe the pain
5: yeah I mean everything's kind of connected so and then you have that relaxing hormone that's going through you making everything loose and limber so when things start to shift they can pinch nerves you know muscle can be strained you could be like injured on the left side but your right side hurts because it's working overtime to you know make up for the left side slacking um so I think like for at home if you if you can't go out to get the care such as like get a massage um you know someone who's trained and certified in prenatal massage and knows those muscles back there um as well as like seeing a chiropractor who can help adjust those things because chiropractors also adjust like you know they're moving muscle around as well it's not just like bone that they're popping um, but they're making sure your whole nervous system is aligned and, and functioning well. But if you can't go out and like do that care, then Epsom salt baths, like every night, getting in there, you know, making sure that you stay on top of that every night, doing stretches. Um, they, if you can, if you have like a tennis ball or you know like a hard ball. Um, you can even go, you know, you can go to a pet store and buy them for like two dollars, like those hard balls, rubber balls that dogs chew on. Sitting on that, like and finding out where the pain is in your body or in your lower back and either taking it to the wall and putting it like behind your back and pressing yourself up against it, or if it's like in your butt and then sitting down on the floor and sitting on it and letting that pressure be there for 30 seconds and breathing through it and you'll slowly start to feel that muscle kind of release so that can really help um and then you know that magnesium oil is also amazing so if you can invest in that i would definitely try to do that too and and if you take like a supplement magnesium just i forget what there's like there's all kinds of different magnesium so getting the right magnesium for you is important too for your body um, so just also be aware
3: of that. Hey, don't do that. Anymore. Does anybody know if um, Medicaid covers like the prenatal massages or not?
2: I'm not sure if they will cover a massage, but I did. Um, I was approved for going to see the chiropractor through Medicaid in Texas um, when I was pregnant with my second. And that was a huge relief. She had this table, you know how like when you get your back adjusted, you have to lay on your stomach. But she had a table that had a hole in it so you can lay on your stomach and it made room for your baby bump so that you can still lay on your back and she was able to do the adjustments. and with what I was experiencing, she would take me through like I didn't moving my that. legs and doing like leg exercises. And then she would do the adjustment at the end of the appointment. And it really was like the best part of the appointment, but it, it was covered through Medicaid. Um, I'm not sure if they cover massages or if you might need to find a massage therapist who accepts Medicaid but the chiropractor was like the bomb.
1: How did you find a chiro that accepted Medicaid? And most massage therapists don't bill insurance unless they work at a chiropractor's office. So if you found a chiropractor that took Medicaid and they had an in-house body worker, then that's, I think the only way I've seen Medicaid pay for body work. And also I want to say that Mary, we have a, the progress Can Be Choosers, we have a 45-minute session for 50 bucks, and so I threw the link in there, and that's only for North Houston patients, but how did you find the chiro that took Medicaid?
2: I think I was either given a list by my practitioner, or I just had to search online, like, Medicaid-approved chiropractor. Um, I can't remember the practice, um, but I, I remember where it was. So if it comes down to it, I can get um, a name and phone number. Um, it is like, I think it was like in the Richmond area. near. I just remember there like being a Whole Foods and a Starbucks nearby. But um, I can find that out for this specific location of where I
4: went.
1: Well, I think it'd be helpful if if you could do the legwork and share if you if you've got the bandwidth for it. Thanks. And I'm working on a zine on how to get the most out of your Texas Medicaid. So finding a Texas, uh, you know, Medicaid Cairo is a good thing for me to add on to that zine. So thanks for this kind of brainstorming here. Anything else we want to drag out and look at in our last eight minutes of being together this week.
4: Um, Something positive happened uh, this week. We built a wall in our den to um, make a fifth bedroom in our house so that none of the kids have to share a room anymore, and I'm very happy about it. The wall is up. It's not, like, completely done yet. We still have to, like, I don't know what the stuff is called that you put on it to make it look like a wall, but we have to do that and then paint it and then move Autumn stuff into it, but then everyone will have their own room. It's kind of in an awkward place, but um, I'm gonna just show y'all real quick. So it's I'm um, sorry ah! After you go through my How do I turn this around y'all? Okay, after you go through my very messy kitchen, then that used to be the den and now there's the new wall so she like lives next to the kitchen but um yeah we're all very happy about it excited hey that also reminds me i redid our kitchen
5: or not redid but we kind of like remodeled a little bit like what bev did instead of putting up a wall we took down a bunch of cabinets and put up um, open shel- shelving.
4: Watch out, baby. That looks so good.
5: So there used to be cabinets up there and we took it all down and put up open shelves and painted it and new lights. And I did a new, we did a new black backsplash as well.
3: That looks amazing. I love that.
1: Okay, I'll give you a quick tour of the apartment just from sitting here. Okay, but I'll, I'll, I gotta turn my camera back on if I can remember how to do that start video. Okay. All right. So here I am. Here's the cracked wall. And then here's the bed. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Okay. There's my sister's desk. There's Dr. B. Hi. Okay. And then there's a bathroom behind this yellow door. And then here's the door. There's a courtyard right there. and here I am, so that's, it's just a studio apartment, but it's so comfortable, and the walls are real thick, so, like, we went outside to take the dogs to pee, and we're like, oh, shit, you know, it's it's raining outside, so it's super nice here, and, like, I think it's, like, 65 degrees outside right now, so, because it's the desert, you know, so it gets cold outside during winter, and, or um, during, you know, the desert, the difference between day and night temperatures is typically 20 to 30 degrees. So that's really refreshing. And we had the screen door cracked. I have a really smart dog named Fred who figured out how to get outside in about, I don't know, three minutes when the time that we got here. And it's got crossbars, so it's Fred-proof. Anyway, we slept with the door open last night. It was great. It's very exciting. First time in four years. I mean, I sleep with the screen door open all the time, but I live in an Airstream in a backyard. You know, I don't think most people in Houston leave their door open. So here we are in Marfa, hanging out, screen door. Dr. B's putting a chair together over there. It's like some fancy game chair, but that's what's going on over here. So good for us. Everybody doing their home improvement projects. Although my sister's actually improving her home by moving. So here we are. So, and we're on a four-year plan. I think Dr. B will probably get moved to Houston or from Houston to Marfa full-time in two years. And it'll probably take me five years because I still want to work at the birth center for as long as possible before I'm like, okay, no more being at the perineum for me. Ooh, 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 I have something to share also. Um, Somebody had a baby like early Sunday morning and when her water broke at 17 minutes after, at 90 minutes after we had the head born, and then at 20 minutes after we had the baby. So it was like three minutes from when her water broke. And so she was on the bed, and like, she was hating me, because it was, um, she had, this is her third baby, and she was like, I just, you guys have to do something, I can't take this. And I was like, well, she goes, what can you give me? I was like, well, we can do encouraging words. And she was like, you know, screw you, Rowan. And so then her water broke, and then she's like, she what you want we'd been in the over there and she goes i hope and i had the chucks and i'm like i'm ready and then it was baby's head right so like there's this shenanigan video where she's like hovering over the tub we're trying to get her in and she goes can i sit down but there wasn't enough water right i was like and you can't deliver the head and then sit in water so anyway there's a video coming so i'm going to edit that video a little bit because there's some parts she doesn't want me to show but it was really great so when that happens i'll, I'll share it with you guys but it was super encouraging and afterwards she's like i can't believe i did that i can't believe i did that i did that you know i was like see you told, told you you would hate me if you had your baby out in the parking lot of the hospital she's like, I can't believe I did it, so anyway, that's fun, that's the first time I've been in like a really good video like that, although I did help um, another midwife have a baby over Labor Day, and Stephanie Shirley, who's like a a pretty, she's a great photographer, she was there, and so there might be a nice video from that too, so be two Saturdays in a row, made two videos, go rowing, so anyway, I'm very proud of this, oh, I was in Bev's video, yeah, I guess that's another video I was in, when I was in Bev's video, but anyway, that's what I wanted to share, videos will be coming, Sarita, are we going to make a video when you have your baby?
3: Absolutely. I want want it recorded because I want to keep it for myself and then I also want to encourage other people who may have second thoughts about doing it. Right now, I currently have a friend. She's pregnant. Um, She's, I think, four, almost five months and she's kind of like iffy about if she wants to do it in a hospital or she wants to have a midwife. And I keep telling her, I think, you know, she's always said she wanted to do the natural birth. She's always wanted to, um, she's always wanted to have a water birth too. And I told her, I said, just do it like, you know. So hopefully after I have Autumn, maybe it'll encourage her to do the same. Because it's never too late to switch over from OB to midwife. Mommy, mommy, sorry. Yes, it will be recorded. Say hello, everybody. Say hello.
1: Mama D, did you guys make a video? Yes,
5: I have, not with my first, I have a really bad video of my second, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then I have, but it's actually pretty cool, because it basically, you ju- you're watching her come out, because I was on all f- on my hands and knees, okay. um, and then that's her son, and then I have a video of number three in the pool, and then... I, I don't, I don't think I should have a video number four, but we hired a birth photographer for baby four. So I have a lot of really cool photos of, um, baby four. One of my favorites is like my husband pulling her out of the water and like, like I see he pulls her out. It's really cool. It's super cool. And you can see like the little poop scoop on the side too, which is very realistic.
1: Can you, can you share some of those in our Facebook group? Just so, uh, the ones that you feel comfortable with. So I think the problem here with birth photography, it's mostly white people. So I Are like would like it? some diversity here. And of the two videos that um, I just made, one was with a white lady. And then the one um, over the weekend was um, a black woman. So I think we need to see more diversity in that midwifery know. is not just for affluent I'm white people.
5: So. Yeah, I don't mind sharing with you guys. Just don't share with anybody else.
1: No, no, our private group, just yeah. us. Okay. Right now our group isn't really huge, you know, so yeah a couple ones that you really like okay yeah thank you thank you we need diversity in midwifery and we need diversity for consumers and providers so all right my sweet peas well we're done and i'm very grateful for all of you i love our conversations and i love us and i'm glad that we're a community that loves and supports each other and um, just always want to be here i want to be down and i want to be here and i want I love how you guys show up for each other. That's the most important part of this. So let's unmute ourselves, tell each other we love each other, and we'll see each other next week.
0: All righty. love
3: bye. you guys, Love you, baby. Oh, Facebook, see you next week. Um, where's the Facebook um, thing
1: at? I'll send That's you a link gonna...
0: to it. I'll send you a link.
1: Okay. I'll get you. i right. get you. Bye, my <laughs> loves.
0: Bye. Are you wanting to join in the conversation but keep missing us live? Then sign up for text reminders at www.preggers.rocks. That's www.preggers.rocks. dot r-o-c-k-s, and we'll see you Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time.
2: Yay!